It's not about radio and it's not about podcasting. It's about people. We all love a good story, right? It goes back thousands of years. Cavemen huddled around the fire sharing stories of the big hunt. Well, back in your childhood, I'm willing to bet that your mom and dad read you just a few bedtime stories, right? To just ease you right into slumberland. Oh, and who can forget President FDR's famous fireside talks? Whole families would just gather around the radio and listen to FDR deliver his comforting messages during the Great Depression. Now, even though folks' bellies were empty, they heard their president's voice over the sounds of crackling fire, and they felt you a little less alone. Have faith. You must not be stampeded by rumors or guesses. Well, that was almost 100 years ago, but we still have this hunger for audible stories. Call it nostalgia for the days of those bedtime stories, or call it something else. Either way, the demand for voice-based content is as strong as ever. It's just that the format has evolved. Podcasts are this shiny new replacement stepping in for our desire for stories. And they have endless potential. They're like audio essays just full of know-how and humor and stories that teach you a lot about anything and the world. Now, according to SEMrush data, 20% of people listen to podcasts every week. That's a lot. Edison Research found that around 100 million Americans stream podcasts in February of 2020. That's right, 100 million. That number's even higher now. But not only are podcasts super popular, but you can make money at it. That's right. So if you want a piece of the pie and launch your own podcast, let me tell you, there's a lot that you need to know. And I'm not talking about the tech stuff. You're also going to want to know how the professionals tell stories. It's a lot harder than you think because on video, you can use expressions and gestures and movements and B-roll and all that other great stuff. There are a lot of tools. But when you are relying on your voice alone, it's a whole different story. I mean, this is an art that I've honed, gosh, my overnight success, I should say my over 20 years overnight success. And let me just tell you, it's not easy. So when you start a podcast, you need to master the art of digital storytelling. You can have the most beautiful production quality in the world, but no one will listen if you're telling a boring story. And sometimes you have this amazing story and you just blow right through it. You do not bring people into it in a compelling way. Now, remember, there are 2 million podcasts, I know, 2 million podcasts competing for your ears. So you need the insider tricks of the trade, and I'm here to give you all of that. But I'm not alone. I'm going to bring in a friend of mine, Valerie Geller. She is an expert. She wrote the book on radio and podcasting. And that's just not an expression. She actually wrote a great book about broadcasting. She's traveled the world teaching broadcasters of all ages, newbies to professionals, how to get better at their craft. So let me tell you, I want to sit back. You're going to get a lot of great tips in this podcast, including Valerie's four secrets to creating powerful content. Let me tell you what they are. Focus, engage, position, and storytelling. But best of all, she's going to break down each one and tell you how you can create amazing content. And Valerie and I are just going to chit-chat. So you're going to hear some personal stories, some funny stories, and also the mistakes that you should never make. So sit back, relax, and take a listen. You're going to learn so much. But first, we have to say a few thank yous to our partners in this podcast. Hey, welcome to Kim Commando Explains. In this episode, we're spilling the beans. I've been in the radio industry for... Ooh, decades. And let me tell you, I know exactly what works, what doesn't work. And the same goes for Valerie Geller, who's made her career 
teaching the ins and outs of professionals in this industry. So let's just jump right into it. So Valerie, let's just start at the beginning. I mean, you always talk about like powerful radio and now it's like powerful podcasting. What makes content powerful? Okay. Um, What makes content compelling and powerful? There are definite X factors to it because you can have the same story and a boring person tells it and it doesn't work. You can have a very what would be a boring story and somebody who is a personality who is using craft techniques, who has passion or interest in the topic, they can make that come alive. I believe there are no boring stories, only boring storytellers. (laughs) And it's an amazing thing. So nothing in this life is boring. If the person communicating it has a way to make it relevant, make it matter, get a listener to care, and has passion or opinion or experience of the thing and is interested. The secret of life is interested is interesting. Bored is boring. And really, I only have three rules about radio and now podcasting, any audio or visual media. And that is tell the truth, make it matter, and never be boring. And if you can do those three things, it's going to work and you will be able to engage the audience. And boring is the problem because you always have to be entertaining first. I mean, so many people will approach a podcast like a TED Talk. (laughs) And I'd sit there and I'm like, no, 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 no. Or they start reading. Oh, I can't stand when somebody's reading, right? Right. And and I think that you're not alone. I mean, human beings would so much rather be communicated with than read to. And if you're doing a podcast and you have to read, and I work with a lot of public radio hosts, and they all are so addicted to reading, preparing and writing it all out and reading it. First of all, writing for the ear is very, very different than writing for the eye. So if you can master writing for the ear, basically close your eyes and pretend you're talking to a blind man and and speak visually and talk to one person and make it a conversation. If you can do conversational writing, my, my thing is I don't care if you read. I just don't want to hear the read. I don't right. want it to sound like you're reading. Because it's just so if you, people know that. I mean, they can they understand that. Their brain processes that. I have found in the people that I mentor when they are reading, if I say, you know, start talking with your hands. You know, get movement and move around a little bit because then you're not sitting there and so now we're talking about powerful radio (laughs) so it's like enough of that well and and here's the other thing kim when it sounds like and this comes straight out of research listeners hate it when it sounds like and now another topic manufactured to fill up a slot on my podcast or my radio show they hate that and they love it when they forget the radio is on or they forget it's a podcast And you're just with them, you know, they're in your head and you're with them and they forget about it. And when that happens, it's magical. The magic happens. And, you know, we're talking about radio or podcasting, which is the most intimate medium. It's one on one. Your earpods, you're literally talking into somebody's head directly. It's very intimate. It's very personal. And every time you read or every time you're doing anything that puts a veil between you and the listener, you're, you're blocking the engagement. You can deepen your engagement by removing all these barriers and blocks and veils. Now, what do you do and how do you counsel somebody who, when they get in front of a microphone, they get nervous? Okay. 
Um, the first thing to do is get onto a topic you care about or where you are an expert immediately. We have a lot of hosts who go for the long reading. Hi, how are you? Well, thank you for having me on. Well, how's the weather out there in Birmingham? You know, forget all the long hello. Forget the long introduction. You know, you don't want to do their whole biography in your intro. My guess this hour is blah blah He went to Harvard. He has five books out and he's got his degrees in this and this and he teaches and he's done a TED Talk and blah, blah, blah. Welcome. Bob. In fact, oh man, I think we put this story in the book too. Um, I worked with a guy and he was doing like the most boring intros because he was nervous and he would be reading. And after a workshop, the next day, I was actually driving to the airport, you know, and I was in the rental car and I had the radio on. And he started out with, imagine you're on a train and you're in Japan and you don't speak Japanese. You don't know where the train is going. People are handing you things, they seem mad at you, and they're yelling at you, and you feel totally frustrated. If you can understand that, you now know what every autistic child feels. John Johnson, the the author of Undertale. Yeah, exactly. Understanding autism author. And so instead of my guest this hour is Dr. John Johnson, who writes for Psychology Today about autism, he's an expert in the field and went to Harvard, blah, blah, blah. You just, all of that can be um, peppered throughout the interview. So, John, you went to Harvard. You know, you can pepper that throughout But basically, the minute you get somebody, whether they're an expert on a topic or they've had an experience of something, the minute they tell a story they have told before or they know inside out and they're very confident with the material. I worked with a 12-step radio show, Stories of Addiction and Recovery, and sometimes these people were very inarticulate, but they could tell their recovery story. That was the story they could tell, and they could tell it beautifully. So the minute you get people on the ground that they know about, okay, and then they get confident and they forget the nervousness, okay? It's when they, you know, the thing that really stops creative people, it's something psychologist Carl Faber used to talk about. It's the tyranny of the eyes of the others. It's the fear of being judged, making a mistake, doing it wrong, or looking foolish. And if you can let that go and dance like nobody's watching, and your best dance, if you're a nervous person, is the dance steps you know. And if you can quickly go to that, your nervousness will go away immediately. Now, what about somebody who uses a lot of filler words? Like I had uh, a gentleman on a podcast, and every time he would close out his thought, he'd say, right? And then he's like, right? Until finally, I'm like, whoa, whoa, dude, you need to stop saying right, okay, at the end of every sentence. But people use like um or oh or so. How do you get folks from, from stop using their those particular crutches? Okay. There are two schools of thought on it. Number one, that's what editing and pre-recording is about. Because you can go back and clip out every right, Kim? You know, you can clip all of those verbal ticks right out of it if you need to with the editing process. And it's easy to do. It just takes a little bit of time. If, in my experience, and we see this on research, if it's compelling content, you don't notice the verbal ticks, an accent, a speech impediment. If the content is compelling and riveting, and fascinating, and entertaining, and informing, and a unique journey for the audience, nobody notices the verbal tics or the accents. The minute it gets boring, everybody notices the verbal tics and the accents. So the trick here isn't 
cut the verbal tick, the trick is never be boring. Which goes back to the whole premise of powerful radio. I, there are only three things. It's tell the truth, make it matter, never be boring. But that's it. That's 100% of what works. So I get pitched shows time and time again, right? And I had a gentleman pitch me a show and his theme comes out and I'm not going to say who it is. And and it's it's like, it's the, let's just use Mike James because I know Mike James. It's the Mike James show and he's going to talk about this, this and this. Okay. Mike turns on and goes, hi, I'm Mike James. And today on the Mike James show, we're going to be talking about this, this and this. And more coming up on the Mike James show. And I'm like, I got it. In the first 45 seconds, I heard it was the Mike James show like seven times. Okay. It's like... <laughs> And automatically off the top, I'm thinking, we just wasted a minute, right? Exactly. Never be boring. And that's superfluous verbiage. People think they're branding and they think when they say the word I, they're being personal and uh, saying their name makes them feel like, you know, I'm important, I'm big, you know, this is who I am, uh, planting their flag. It's so important to have the confidence, but also... If you can make it about what the listener gets instead of what you have to give. So, for example, instead of you're listening to the Mike James show and now I'm Mike James, instead of all that, if you can turn it around and say, if you're interested in real estate and learning how to flip houses and learning how to deal with tenants who call you at 2 o'clock in the morning when the toilet (laughs) doesn't work, you will not want to miss the next few minutes with Mike James. He's an expert on flipping houses and managing buildings. Lots of tips and techniques for you. Mike James, welcome, or I'm Mike James. You know, if if you turn it around from what we have to give, instead of we have five sets of tickets to give away, you have five chances to, to win. win. Right. You, you, exactly. If you can turn everything around to what the audience gets. And Kim, you do this so beautifully. And this is your 20 years plus of, of doing it and being married to who you're married to and doing the work and figuring out what works to get, keep and grow audiences. If you make everything about what you get instead of what we have to give, it's going to work better for you. Well, if we really wanted to do the Mike James show, is that really, Valerie, it would be about dating because, you know, I have been trying for years and years and, and Mike is sitting right here. I mean, to get Mike a great date, that's all. I mean, we, we did our time.com. We filled out the profiles. He forgets his passwords. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because they, they say, and this is something really, uh, and I just actually uh, heard this on a, on a podcast. Um, they say that men will marry when they are ready. Women will marry when they meet the right person. Oh, see that, Mike? Uh, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. So a guy a guy could be with the perfect woman when he's, let's say, in college, but he's not ready. You know, not he's ready. nowhere near ready to make the commitment. So she could be the perfect woman, but she got away and he regrets it for 20 years because he wasn't ready. And she, when the minute she finds the right guy, she says, ready or not, this is it, I'm doing it. And so it's a really interesting Mars-Venus thing that happens. And I've been thinking about it a lot because we have a lot of friends who say, you know, life is lonely, COVID is lonely, I would love to be partnered. Well, Kim, you know this, marriage is hard, being single is hard. When you're married, you have to compromise and you never get 100% of what you want to do ever. It's always a compromise and it's always a 60-40 deal and that's how you have a happy marriage, right? (laughs) 
But when you're single, you can do exactly what you want 100% of the time. You can put all your time to building a career. You can put all your time into your passions. And it's a very different thing. And mm-hmm. you, but, but it's lonely. And nobody's so you telling you to, what to do and how to exactly. do it. And, and you don't have to navigate. Oh, I put a foot wrong. Or, gee, you know, I just don't feel like talking at dinner right now. You oh, know, you don't have God. to. You don't have to deal with. So, but it's six of one and half a dozen of another. Both are really hard. One, you have compromise, but you're not alone. You have somebody who's right there with you, a partner in life who's got your back. And the other one is you get to do 100% of what you want, but it's lonely. So, Mike, you're stuck with me being your friend (laughs) that is perfectly fine all right and then there's lots of ways to have significant others you know and it may just be that mike's relationship with you helping you run your business helping you produce your programming these things are in and also having his side businesses these are things that are very fulfilling and i guarantee when the right one comes along he will go for it. Right, he so, will. He'll buy in a ring tomorrow. So he here's the deal, the right Mike. One. I will stop getting on national radio explaining that you are a real estate mogul tycoon with a lot of money and good looking, and accepting women who have high qualifications such as breathing. Right. Um, we will now <laughs> say that that we, I won't do that any longer. Hey, listen, we're going to take a quick break. We have to say a few thank yous to our partners in this podcast because they are making it possible. When we come back, we're going to talk about the biggest mistakes that podcasters and broadcasters make here with Valerie Geller. Welcome back to Kim Commando Explains. We're in great conversation with my mentor, my good friend, Valerie Geller, she's been in the industry for I don't know how many years, trained the best of the best, and we are so fortunate that she's spending some time with us. So, Valerie, we start talking about mistakes. Aside from not being engaging and being boring, what are some other mistakes that newbies make in, when they're just getting started? It's not just newbies. It's people get habituated, okay? We learn things. Like, for example, you worked in television, which is where you learned how to say, we'll be back after the break. And that is habituated in you, but in radio and in podcasting, if you say the word break, you're giving the audience an out. Oh, You know what happens. You know what happens. I know. Is it okay to do this? To to be a little bit? No, that's fine. Teach me. Okay, we're going to turn this into a Kim Commando session. Um, What happens when you say the word break? Psychologically, people think they can go away and do something else. But if you say up next, up next, up next. I learned. You know, I'm Kim Commando. Um, You're listening to Valerie Geller and Mike talking about flipping houses and powerful podcasting. Uh, More for you up next. That's better than we'll be back after the break. That's a TV thing where they actually break away and do something different. But on audio, you never break away. The radio is on. The radio is off. The podcast is on. The podcast is off. It's interesting or it's boring. And so that's one of those things where people who've been doing this, you know, we call it polishing the diamond, you know, people who've been doing this for for years, especially people who come out of television, it's habituated. And what happens is people will tune out and it maybe gives them an opportunity to go listen to something else. When you have talent, when you make listeners laugh, when you teach them things they don't know, when you inform entertainingly and entertain informatively, take them on unique journeys, you will get keep and grow audiences. But if you can deepen your engaged techniques, it you can even fly higher. 
So give us all some other examples because I love that up next. You know, Barry, every once in a while, my husband, for those of you who don't know. Like, Barry Young, who is a famous radio person yes. and a movie director. Yes. And had the very good sense to fall in love with Kim <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, God. It was those early days, Valerie, were really difficult because I would be doing the show and he would come in on the breaks and say, don't say this, do this, don't say that. Oh, my God. And so one time he came in. And I, it was like first break. And he looked at me and goes, I don't know why I'm all wrapped up with you. You suck. This is the worst show ever. And then I got so mad. And I came back on the air. I was like, welcome to the Kim Commando Show. It, in retrospect, he said what I was doing is I was trying to get more energy out of you. <laughs> and, oh, I love it. And, See, he knows you really well. And he knew that if he could poke you with a stick. You, he would get the performance. He's like a, he's a born director, and, and he and, he did what it took to get what his artist needed. He did, and it wasn't too long ago, probably about well, actually, probably two years ago now. He asked me, "Why do you give out the phone number so much?" I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Why are you giving out the call-in number? I mean, you're programming to the listener. You're not programming to the caller. And so, why do you give out the phone number so much? You have plenty of calls. You don't have to beg for calls." And then uh, the next show, I thought to myself, I'm going to keep track of why I'm giving out the phone number. And I was giving out the phone number. It's a live performance because I was trying to figure out what caller to, to go to next. Oh. And so in order to fill those two or three right, seconds. You're, you're looking through the calls to decide which one's going to be the best one. Exactly. And so you're using that as a verbal crutch. Okay. And so, but have I you broke ever that. Thought about, have you ever thought about um, – Mary, you want to talk about buying your first computer. Jonathan, you want to talk about cybersecurity. And Eleanor, you are calling because you're buying an iPad for your kid and you want and the kid is three years old and you want to talk about that. All of this coming up next. Very good. Okay. So just focus it. Part of telling the truth. And by giving out the number and not letting the listener in on your process, which was you're looking over a menu and deciding which to pick <laughs> next, right? Which one Which one do I want to take next? Who's going to be the best? I'll tell you, I had this greatest caller, Valerie. Uh, a woman, her name is Dana, and she calls because her 18-year-old girl is being stalked and cyber harassed for three months. And now the guy has taken the mother's picture and put the mother's picture up on the porno sites with the mother's cell phone number. And she went to the police. They didn't want to help her. So I found somebody who worked in Afghanistan with terrorist cells. And now, after about six weeks, uh, he tells me that he's very close to getting the arrest warrant for this person. Fantastic. Okay, so here's what you're doing. You're in the story business, Kim. You're not in the computer advice business. You're in the story business. This is about people and life and the struggle to be human the technology makes our life better. You help us navigate the tech. But the bottom line is, this is human life and getting through life with a microphone. It has very little to do with radio or podcasting. It's people and life. And that's where the show has evolved into, really, by the way. And that's who you are. And that's why it works, you know, because people feel, you know, people say, and I hear this about you all the time. I've never met Kim Commando, but I feel like I know her because I listen to her program. And that's such a wonderful thing. And actually, 
you had mentioned my book, and I had three clients go, Kim Commando talked about your book. And they got so excited. I got calls from our clients. Oh, that's are awesome. Ty, their guy who does a car show in Georgia and different different people from all over the country because they got excited because they felt like, oh, wow, they connected the dots with a person they know and Kim's mentioning it. And when they feel they know you. Now, conversely, when you take calls on the air, a great caller is always someone where you can close your eyes and visualize the person. And if you can get a mental picture of what someone looks like, it's usually a great call. If you can't visualize the person, it tends never to be as good a call or as good a story. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I've done that. I do that. And I, I've, I say like, oh, this is what this person looks like. Well, you're also so talented. The thing about you is you're, you can incorporate changes in one minute and do them. And it's exciting. It's really exciting. Sometimes you get to work with fast horses and they are champions and you are one of them. And it's amazing. Thank you for that. Let me ask you this. What tricks can we pass along that you can use to get the story out of someone? Because if you get the story out of someone, then it's not boring. And like sometimes you have somebody who just gives you one-word answers. I interviewed Bill Gates years ago, and it was like, so, Bill, where do you see the future of Windows? Big. I'm like, you know, okay, thank, can you give me just a little bit more with that? Or what about the person who never stops talking? Okay, the person who never stops talking is someone that you have to direct And it's not rude when you jump in and say, moving on, next question, just jump in. Because you need to protect the audience from somebody being boring. And by the third time they've gone around with the topic and looped around on something, it has to stop because then it's going to be boring and you need to protect your product. In order to elicit stories, ask the why questions. Don't ask the what questions, ask the why. Bill Gates, you say it's going to be big. Why? Why? The minute you ask why, or how does this affect people? Or if you had a crystal ball and you could look into it, how would you see the future? Give them the opportunity to articulate a story. And people know their own stories. And the minute they start being monosyllabic or giving one-word answers or being boring, get them to their own story. Get them off topic. Don't worry about it. Worry about being interesting and entertaining to an audience and don't worry about off topic have a conversation if people could have conversations like they have the best guy that they ever sat next to on an airplane (laughs) or the best woman they ever sat next to you know in a waiting room at a doctor's office where you're just talking about life and it's a random conversation but it's really real and if you can get that going it's great some tips are speak visually Audio is a blind medium, and the more you can describe things visually, the better it works. So instead of saying, you know, it's a beautiful sunset, tangerine sky, you know, use the words to paint the word pictures so that the audience, you're almost like making a movie and putting the listener in that movie, setting the scene. When you can do that, it's more powerful. Shorter is always better than longer if you can be succinct and say it quickly. Um, And then the last part of this is, is this a story the person has told a thousand times and they're bored with it? And if they're bored, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be boring. And if you're getting stock rap, if you're interviewing someone who's been interviewed a thousand times and they're giving you stock rap, it's going to be boring. So now it becomes having a conversation with them. And we usually advise giving three questions. And if they can't do it in three questions, thank you and goodbye. 
because you're more interesting than a boring guest, Kim. Yeah. I'd much rather hear you. Well, that was one of the lessons that Barry always implanted on me is that the callers are there simply to make you look good <laughs> and to keep, and the other part of this to keep them tuned in. Right. Fewer than 3% are ever going to call. Most people don't listen uh, or don't don't ever call. They, they listen. 97% listens. 3% will call. With texting, you get maybe 5 to 7% will text in on a live show with a question. But it's really the 90%, 93%, 95% who are really, really listening. They're not going to be actively engaged. Fortunately, I've been blessed with a great voice. But a lot of people haven't been. So... What kind of tips can we pass along for somebody who maybe doesn't have a cadence or they don't have the tone or or what exactly makes up a great voice? Okay, your voice, Kim, is your gift. That's from God. It's like the blue eyes. You get it. And it's a it's a feature. But you know what? Somebody with a beautiful voice and nothing to say is not going to get ratings. Okay, I would so much rather hear somebody with something to say. I don't care about their voice. You know, if you imagine each listener has a bucket, what gold are you putting in that bucket? What's new information? What's a story that's powerful? What's talkable topic that I can talk about with my friends and family later? Um, what characters are you introducing me to that I would never meet in real life? But now, because of your radio show, my world has been expanded in some way. You've given me these gifts. Maybe you've made me laugh, okay? There are lots of people who don't have good voices, but they have wonderfully successful radio shows and podcasts because they have interesting things to say. That's number one. That being said, everyone can improve their voice. So deep breathing, relax, always have an end point to what it is you're going to say, because then you go down a rabbit hole and that's where some of these verbal tics can come in. Um, There are people who the first three shows, and I've heard this a lot, we couldn't stand the sound of her voice. And then by the fourth show, it kicked in because it was so interesting that six months later when the show goes to number one, nobody minds the voice (laughs) because it's the content. It's content driven. You know, not everybody who's six foot six is going to be a great basketball player, but it helps. Okay. And if you have a great voice, it helps. It's a feature. But the reality is it's not the voice. It's what you say it's how you use it don't forget to breathe get sleep drink water lemon and water is powerful avoid milk and milk products before you go on microphone um the last thing is don't yell and scream before you go to air it doesn't help your voice protect your voice it's your instrument so whatever your voice sounds like it is an instrument it can be improved uh, eating right, resting, drinking lots of water, deep breathing. If you want to work with a voice coach, if you've been told, you know, uh, that, that they, that, you know, given advice, uh, good acting coaches and good voice coaches are really, really valuable. And we have a list of them in the, in the Beyond Powerful radio book. Uh, but again, breathing and what you do with a voice is also vital. I'd also like to add peanuts. <laughs> Never eat peanuts before you go on the air. (laughs) Right, because you get into a coughing fit. The things to eat that are good before air are bananas, lemon water, okay? I mean, things that are going to soothe your vocal cords, not add any, um, you know, phlegm or coughing or, I mean, all you have to do is cough down one peanut skin and you're no good for two days, (laughs) okay? 
Yeah, that's a bad thing. Well, you're just teaching us so much. And coming up next, we're going to talk about work across multiple platforms here on Kim Commando Explained. Welcome to Kim Commando Explains. We've spent a lot of time talking about the logistics of your voice and podcasts and radio shows and callers and good things like that. But now it's totally different because there's streaming, there's video, there's social media, there's your podcast platforms, and of course there's broadcasting. So Valerie, what's a piece of advice that you could give a podcaster, somebody who maybe wants to someday graduate to a formal radio show about working all these different channels? Okay. First of all, what's different now about the multi-platform world, and we went through this with COVID-19, the audience suddenly discovered all the plethora of choices they had available. So whereas before, maybe it was radio in the car or a few podcasts that you knew about, audiences had time to explore and dabble and find programming that they loved. So there's a lot more competition With the increased competition, you have to be better, you have to be stronger, you have to fly higher. And the most important thing is start strong. You have now, we used to have about 15 seconds before someone would take their finger and switch out. Now you have three to five seconds before it is, it switches out. So constantly answer the question here's why you need to listen to this, or why should I listen to this? And if you can actually answer that, if you care about computers, the world of tech, you have found the right place to get your answers with the digital goddess, Kim Commando, with you for the hour. The minute you give the listener the reason you're listening, what computer to buy, it's time to upgrade, you're totally lost at sea. Well, you found a captain who can guide you through it. It's Kim Commando right now, right here. Okay? Give the audience the reason to listen. Why should I listen? Or here's why you need to listen to this. Answer that in your brain before you open the microphone. And if you can start with that, you'll start with instant engage. Using the word you instead of we, me, I, us, or our is very, very powerful. Talking to one listener at a time always. So if you can even pare it down to... um, using the word you instead of any of you, all of you, those of you, and use you. If you are a man, if you are a woman, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, you're still going to want to know that they're talking about adding corporal punishment back in schools. Okay, it becomes you and you and you. Valerie, what does the research say about the use of music and sound effects in podcasts? Uh, the, The research says never be boring. So if the music can help it not be boring, and if the music can help you signature your brand, great. But really, the music is there so that it's not boring. The reason they put the music under everything is people think it's going to add an element. Now, music can is very inspiring. Uh, a different thing happens in your brain with dopamine when you hear music. So a different part of the brain opens up, which is absolutely incredible. And people sometimes tap into that with music while they talk. The other part of it is laughter does the same thing. So if you make a listener laugh, their brain floods with dopamine. They feel really good. And then they can listen to things. That's why stand-up comedians can go to such difficult areas of conversation that you couldn't normally talk about (laughs) in real life. 
because you're laughing and your brain is flooded with the endorphins and dopamine and the learning centers have opened up. And that happens with music in a different way. So yes, music works, but if it's the wrong music, it won't work. And a lot of times people just put music in because they use it transitionally and they are so afraid of being boring that they let the music do some of the heavy lifting. Does that make sense to you? It, it does. Have you seen the Book of Mormon? Yes. Okay. There are so many points in that play that I was laughing out loud thinking I should not be laughing right now because it go. is That's so it. That's inappropriate. It. That's it. You can laugh because, because you're laughing you can take in the information in a different way because of the laughter. And in fact, it's a, it's a good thing you were talking before about relationships. And if you can say something that's difficult, but make it fun or funny, the other person won't take it personally and won't get angry. They'll hear it if you can use humor. That's why the number one thing, when you ask women, what do you look for in a man? If you go to match.com and they say the number one thing, women are not looking for a rich guy. They're not looking for a good looking guy. They're looking for a guy who makes them laugh. Because if you can, if someone can make you laugh, life is very hard. And if this guy can make you laugh, you can get through life together through all the hard stuff. Which is so very true. And we have to go back and remember that when we are delivering an audio product, that it has to be engaging. It can't be boring. It, and, you know, just I always say to people that have a conversation just as you would around the kitchen table. Just pretend that it's just us. I'm actually mentoring two people right now here in the studios. And it's been a process that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard taking somebody who has never done this and say, okay, Here's a microphone. Go be talented. <laughs> and, but we are taking them along. And But my big thing is we've gone through is like how to make sure that they're not reading. And I've also taken it a step further is I have them editing their own audio so they can hear what they sound right. like. Right. So they can that's see what the mistakes. Right. They can self-check when they go back over. I mean the things we look for when we air check and I spend a lot of my time air checking, on air, and podcast hosts. That's what I do to make my living. We have a criteria. Is it conversational? Are you talking to one listener? Do I know you from hearing this? Is it interesting? Did you make it compelling? Are you interested in this? Did you give me some visuals? Is there any moment of humor? Are there moments of truth that connect? What's the talkable topic? Because the reality is, Kim, People can read your blog or they can go online and research information about computers and tech, but they can't get you anywhere else. And one of the things, whenever we hire an on-air personality for a radio station or I look at a podcast and I look at, is it worth my time to work with it and sponsors to sponsor it? And the first question is, would you take a five-hour car journey with this person and have a great time? (laughs) And if the answer is no, I don't care how smart you are, I don't care how knowledgeable you are about the topic, if you're not likable at some level, and if I wouldn't want to take a five-hour car journey with you and drive from Phoenix to LA in the car with you and have fun and know it could be a full-range experience, maybe we would sing in the car and we would laugh and we would play the license plate game and we would have serious discussions. If we couldn't go full-range human, that probably wouldn't be as fun a ride. And so I always ask that, would you take a five-hour car journey? And if the answer is yes, then the chances are audiences are going to respond, connect, and relate to this person, and the show will be successful. 
And so the podcast. And so many people will call the show and they say, what do I need to get started? I I have this vision. I have want to do a podcast about X, Y, or Z. And it astounds me that yesterday I read a stat. There's like 2.4 million podcasts right now. Um, anything? And 25% of them are only one episode. Uh, so 25% of that huge number is just a one episode where people tried it. Here's the curse of our business. Everyone can talk. Everybody thinks they can do this and that it's easy. The curse is the great ones make it look so easy. You know, people say, I, I really want to be an artist. Okay, well, here's a box of crayons and here's a piece of white paper. Create. And that's what this is. There's a podcast for people who breed chameleons, believe it or not. <laughs> they have like 25,000 subscribers or some number and, like and that. They'll, and they'll get more because podcasting is global. And so if you can, broadcasting is broad. That's broadcasting to a mass audience. And you you need to be more general when you're doing broadcasting. But a podcast can be narrow cast. You can do it as narrow as you want. So for example, if, if you're doing a podcast about how to breed a chameleon, or let's say you're doing a podcast about uh, uh, dealing with an overweight aging cat, uh, you can go global and get a million listeners to uh, this particular podcast about old fat cats because you'll find your audience. <laughs> it is. Although I'm still surprised about the one podcast that I saw on Apple maybe a year ago. It was guys that I have – they don't use the word slept with. Um, and I was looking at that title. I'm like, wow, there's a shocker. Um just about anybody can have a podcast. So, Valerie, you are amazing, and thank you for spending so much time with us. So this is Beyond Powerful Radio. Now, it's not just a book at beyondpowerfulradio.com. There's the audio book too, right? Right. The audio book is on Audible, and it's one of the free books if you're on Audible. And there's also a new website put together really with a lot of information geared toward podcasting called creatingpowerfulpodcast.com. And if people are interested or if they have a direct question, um, I'm pretty responsive directly on Twitter. It's at V like Victor Geller, G-E-L-L-E-R on Twitter. And if you direct message me on Twitter I it, with a quick question, I'm very happy to answer back on direct message. Oh, gosh, you are so nice. That is so sweet of you. Well, really? I'm secretly also looking for the next. I mean, you never know when, when you're going to get the call, Kim, going, Kim, I found somebody who is really good and they need a syndicator, you know? So you just never know. It, it, we want to find the next generation of talent. We want to find those needles in the haystack that are going to break through. We want to train people so that if they do have an area of speciality or they want to do a podcast, they have all the tools and the methodology to do that and, and have it available. And Kim, before you let me go, I just want to say thank you to you. I am so proud of you, and I love your show. I am a big fan, and I am just honored to be your friend and honored to have known you these years, and I just can't wait to see what's next for you. I don't know, Valerie. I just – I love what I do, and I don't want to stop. I don't need to do this, but I just really enjoy it. Well, because you're a born communicator, and you love people. It's not about radio, and it's not about podcasting. It's about people. And that's what it is. And and uh, it's just amazing to me. So I'm just going to stand back and watch to see how tall a tree this can become. You've done amazingly. Podcast and Twitter handle again for everybody. Okay. The podcast is uh, creatingpowerfulpodcasts.com. 
And the Twitter is at V like Victor Geller, G-E-L-L-E-R. And the other website is beyondpowerfulradio.com. Thanks, Val. You're amazing. Kim, thank you. Isn't she something? I hope you kept the notebook because Valerie and I shared some really game-changing tips. I especially love when Valerie said, you need to find the captain steering your ship. That's right. You also have to use the word you instead of I. You want to emphasize the way that you're helping the listener. I get it. It's so easy to lose yourself in the story, but don't forget about the big picture. You need to be interesting and actionable. I mean, you have to keep thinking about how you're helping your listeners. What is the purpose? As Valerie said, you always want to talk to one listener at a time. So thanks for joining us. And if you like this podcast, I know that you did. Give us a great five-star review and say a few words. Give us a little plug there because it helps more listeners find our podcast. And uh, thanks for joining us. And don't forget, you can also get Tech Refresh, which is a fabulous podcast, and our daily tech update. Follow me on social while you're at it. Of course, it's really easy. Instagram.com slash Kim Commando. By the way, my Instagram account is private, so you have to make a request in order to follow. So just do that at Instagram.com slash Kim Commando. Facebook.com slash Kim Commando. LinkedIn.com slash Kim Commando. I know, it's kind of crazy. And I'll see you on the radio. Bye.